0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I am a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face.
1: Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today.
0: Here's Steph! Welcome to Soul Driven with Steph. I am very, very excited about today's interview with one of my dear friends and fellow instructors at Zen and Pow Studio, Miss Kelly Goyette. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Um, I'm excited to have you on today because I really want to just share about your journey. From you know, fitness enthusiast to a veteran instructor to clerk of courts, and now running your own camp write in campaign. And we'll talk more about that and what that means. But really, you are just a shining light in our studio, and you have been since you started. So I would love to hear a little bit about you, your upbringing. I know you're from the lacrosse area, but what is
1: your backstory that led you to Zen and Pow Studio? Oh, that's a long story. So I am, I was born and raised here, grew up on French Island, spent most of my life riding my bike around French Island, hanging out with my friends, playing sports, doing all the things on French Island, Um, being involved in music and show choir and all the things. And, but never once, I will be real honest, never once in middle school, high school was I really into fitness and working out. I was more into association of fitness. So whether that meant playing softball or volleyball or I literally dabbled in a little bit of everything. Um, and then fast forward to you know my 20s and a friend of mine said, hey, do you want to check out the studio? looked at it online and I was like, that looks frightening, but I'll try out this class. It was just a brand new class that was being taught. I came that first time and I would be, I will be real honest. That first time I was just not ready for a fitness journey, just not ready to tackle that. I think you kind of have to be in that right mindset Mm -hmm. that you're ready to make a change. And I just wasn't there yet, but I kept thinking to myself, well, the energy of that instructor is what I'm looking for, but I myself need to be ready to start that movement. So really needed to dig down a little bit deeper. And I would say it was probably four months later, I was like, today's the day. Today is the day I'm going to make that change. Today is the day that I'm going to incorporate fitness into my life. And I think the perfect person to do that would be Stephanie. And so I think (laughs) I messaged you and said, what do you think about taking me on as like you know, a client, like maybe working with me one-on-one because to be real, I had, I had no reference what a burpee was. <laughs> I think you said burpee. And I was like, what does that even mean? Right. Like, what, it, what sounds am I doing? it sounds horrible. <laughs> it's not right. something I've ever referenced before. And so I needed somebody to kind of work with me one-on-one at that point to get me to a place where I felt comfortable to go to fitness classes because fitness classes to me were frightening. Like I'm going to work out in front of someone else. Like I'm going to be expected to do these things. And so that kind of started the journey of me being involved in Zen and Pau. So I started out personal training with you. I think we talk about this. Most of the members that listen or know anything about Zen and Pau know one of our trivia questions is always who is my (laughs) first um, personal training client. And of course that was me. Um, And I think that just got the spark building, you know, like there was something about what you were doing that made me want to come back and made me want to continue to come because I knew that the energy that I was being exposed to at the studio was an energy that I needed in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what resulted in me continuing to come and like continuing to show up every day for myself and continuing to push forward and, and really challenge myself Mm -hmm. in ways that I never challenged myself before. And I don't think I ever would challenge myself in the way that I've been able to, had it not been for a of
0: Well, you know, I always love to hear that, Um, but I do remember you coming to that first class. I think it was the first kettlebell and class that I taught at the time. Um, And then you reaching out to personal train. And I was super excited to work with you because I was fresh out of college at the time, you know, looking for more than just group classes. And I loved that part of training you. And I've only trained a handful of people one-on-one and you're definitely my favorite, one of the top people, just because you brought like such a. Uh, attitude of determination to every session. And, you know, no matter what the day had, had brought for you, you could show up and put it aside and just really push yourself through. And I would say too, it's so much more than just the physical challenges, you know, it's the mental part of it that keeps you going. And I would say that's probably what, you know, keeps people coming back for more. Yes, we love to feel good. We love the endorphins of a great workout and good energy in a room, but it's really the mental health that it, you know, has helped us through so many things over the years. Um, that was what 2015, I think. Yeah. So yes, yeah, seven years ago. So then you became an instructor In what year was that? 2017? I think it was 2017. So two years so, in.
1: I think I said to you, what do you think about me you taking a training? And you're like, well, what training are you thinking about? And I, my first training and some of our members and people in the community probably know, like I'm a pound fitness instructor and I will probably be a pound fitness instructor until they either disband <laughs> or until I am unable to teach that format because it is really the soul workout. Like as soon as those sticks get in my hand, it does not matter what that day mm-hmm. brought to me. It just, it's therapy. It's literally just using a positive way to get out some of that energy that may have been built up during that Mm -hmm. day. And so I went to that training and it lit a fire under me. It was like, okay, this is what this is. Like you go and you fill your cup and you learn with these other people. And then you, you add that little, you know, tool in your toolbox. And then you're like, well, what other tool could I yeah. grab? And what was add your next training after that? Was it bar? It was bar above, yeah. which was frightening to me because that's the <laughs> first training I had to do where we had to record ourselves. And I was like, oh boy, I got to watch, right? <laughs> watch myself back and see what I look like. But I think that was like the first time that I was like, okay, you know, this is where, you know, you, you have to put your A, like you have to like work on this and be, you know, gain those tools to be a quality instructor, Mm -hmm. because what people are seeing at the front of that class, you know, you have to be able to perform and you have to be able to give that energy so that they're getting a quality workout. And so I think that, that again, and of course we had an instructor more, and that was just (laughs) like, top-notch that just extracted like all that positive energy Mm -hmm. from you. And I don't think you could have possibly left that without being like, what can I do next?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And to feel that um, desire to keep learning and growing and implementing new things in your classes and new formats. And you also did, what else did you do after that bar? You've done some yoga training, Mm -hmm. You did strength training. You did your personal training and group fit.
1: So it's just like, yeah,
0: adding more and more and more. um, And, you know, that and that time of learning and growing is how you get to be, you know, a great instructor that can put together awesome classes.
1: Right, right. I think that. If you're not spending that time to really work on yourself Mm -hmm. and like grow yourself, then there's no way you can give back to others. Exactly. Yes, for sure.
0: And now you teach a format called Sculpt, Yes. which is something we've really just morphed from Pio into something that is our own signature class here at the studio. And that's really become like your current baby. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That you love teaching too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I. I say this to my class every single week. Um, When I show up, no matter what's happened that day, as soon as that music starts and as soon as that group is there and ready to do sculpt, it's on like, everything else, nothing else matters from that day. The stress, the anxiety, anything that's been going on, it's all gone because we're ready to spend the time. And I know that the group that shows up is going to work hard. And I know the class is good. And I know that we have so much fun and the energy is so positive and so high that you can't help, but just get absorbed in that. Like You can't help, but show up and be like, this class is awesome. And I've had so many people that have shown up and been like, I didn't really know what to expect with that class, but as soon as it started and your energy and like everything in that room, it's just, it's a special, it's It's the whole experience though, too, that, Those are the things that you learn over
0: time. You know, you start off and you're just trying to get the music right. You're just trying to count music. And then you start to um, add in some more feedback and form tips. And then you get to add your personality. And it's like layer, 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 layer to the point where it's an entire experience to come to your class. And that's where you can tell that someone's either been teaching a really long time or they've put in so much effort because. There's just so many elements that keep people coming back. Yep. So what would you say, and maybe the sculpt is it, is your favorite class to teach and your favorite class to take?
1: So I teach two classes that I absolutely love ah, teaching. Yeah. I teach sculpt, which I love. And and really both of them, They there's no one that's better than the other because one I teach at night and that's a specific crew of people mm-hmm. that are there. And there's one I teach in the morning and that's pumped up strength. And pumped up strength is so much fun because you get to choreograph to the music, but you also get to lift heavy and you get to use functional or foundational movements. Like there's so many things that go into that class and there's such a hard working group of people that typically come to that class, that that is fun, but almost in a different way. Um, You know, because it's kind of two Mm -hmm. different groups of people that are coming. Yeah. (laughs) But the energy itself for both is, Something that I gravitate to, and I don't know that a hundred percent it's me that's making that energy. I think it's me in conjunction with the group that's for for sure. sure with yeah. these classes. So yes, pumped up strength and sculpt. Love teaching both of them. Would teach them forever if I could because they're just such great um, formats and such great classes. The classes I love to take are like throwback bars. Like those are my favorite. That's my jam. Like if anybody says throwback bar, I'm the in. Sign me up. Class. Sign me up. Or do I sign on the dotted line? I'll be there without fail.
0: Yes, I agree to that. I love it. Um, so you've been teaching for what? Five years now? Five years. Five years. Yeah. How do you stay inspired as an instructor? And also what keeps you
1: coming back for more, um, and being a part of the Zenipal studio? I'm I've always been musically driven. So really for me, it is the music it's the ability to utilize music to take a, f- uh, um, format and bring them together. I love I just love anything that is taught to music Mm -hmm. specifically to the beat of music. Like, it's just, I think maybe it comes back to my show prayer days where we have music. And so I've been doing it like my whole life. And so it's something that kind of brings that comfortable feeling to Mm -hmm. me. And so that's something that, but I will say like the thing that brings me like so much positivity and energy in regards to teaching is really the people that come to these classes. Like. The people at the studio and maybe it's even people who haven't been to classes in a really long time, but you reach out to them and it's like you haven't had any time in between you talking to them because everything just flows naturally. And it's just the energy of people that are coming in these doors are definitely the reason that I stay inspired, that I want to keep teaching and that I want to keep walking through these doors because that in conjunction with what I get to do with my classes is what keeps me motivated and inspired
0: Yeah. And there's so much creativity amongst the formats you teach and just all the formats that we have at the studio. You know, you're not just teaching the same thing day after day, week after week. It really is a variety. And like, if you're, you know, feeling like you need high intensity, you go find that high intensity class or that pumped up strength or TRX or kickboxing. Or if you need something that's a little bit lower intensity for that day, you show up to Pilates or yoga. And like, there really is something for every, everybody. Um, Um, And, and just the welcoming energy and also like you share in your story of feeling intimidated or like you wouldn't be able to do the movements or like, I think that is a huge part of what keeps people coming back through our doors is just the accessibility and the welcoming nature that you bring all the other staff bring um, by just showing up and saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is where I'm at on my fitness journey. This is my style and you will, you'll be able to do it.
1: Well, I also think too, and we've talked about this, I think too, that the, the thing for me and the thing that sold me on this space is that we are not a cookie cutter gym or fitness studio. Like there is no you have to fit this box to be able to walk through our doors. You don't have to be able to do a burpee. You don't have to be able to do even a lunge. You don't have to be able, there's so many things that you do not have to be able to do, but you have to be able to show up and try. Like you have to be able to at least give the effort to come through the doors and try. We'll find an option for you on something that you can do. And I think that's why it keeps me coming back like too, because, and I think it's also, inspiring to other people to see like the range of people that come here. Like we have older people, we have younger people, we have, you know, maybe people that are smaller people that are bigger, like those sort of things. Like there's just no one size fits all here. And I think that that's what really sets us apart from other places. Like there is no right or wrong. Like you come as you are, we're going to accept you as you are. And you're going to find a place that you're going to fit in, whether that means yoga classes are the right fit for you or maybe a higher intensity, but even if you want to do a higher intensity, even you've never done it before, we'll figure out a way to get you to that yeah. point where you can progress those classes, where you don't have to feel like you're coming. And right away, you got to do 50 push ups and <laughs> 20 burpees right out the gate. Like that's right. never going to be a situation you're going to find yourself in. And
0: even if you can do certain things, guess what? You don't have to. Nope. If you're not feeling it that day, then you don't have to do that. There always it is your choice what you want to get out of it, exactly. um, which is definitely a unique approach um, to give people the authority handed back to themselves, right? Because they love to give it to us as the yeah. trainer, the instructor to tell them exactly what to do. We can tell you what to do, but at the end of the day, you need to make the choice of what is best for you mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever, the choice is up to you.
1: Right. And because we have to remember that they made the hardest choice. Yeah. To just show up through the door. Yeah. That's the hardest choice. Mm -hmm. Like they could make every excuse under the book. I have dishes in the sink. I have such and such to do. I have errands. I have to run whatever. But they made the effort to come through the door. So really at that point, we're going to give the ownership back to them. Okay, you don't want to do burpees. Here's your option. Here's your next option that you can do. Maybe today it's just squats. Maybe today it's just lunges. Maybe today you need to stay in child's post longer. And that's okay, And that's fine. Tomorrow is a new day.
0: Right. Yeah, I always tell people, I don't care if you lay on the mat all class. It It is is totally up to you. If that's what you need today, then I want you to leave here feeling you know, like you got what you needed, you got what you came for, and you leave feeling better than maybe when you walked in. You know, right. if you were having a stressful day, what would you say has been your biggest challenge over the years?
1: Oh, I would say just life in general <laughs> and stress levels. You know, like yeah. we're we're adults, and sometimes life just. Adulting you is crazy. hard. <laughs> I will say that the pandemic probably is the thing that set that stress level and that change in, you know, I had such a consistent like coming every day and like we had such consistency in our scheduling and knowing when we were coming yeah. and knowing what was happening in our lives and all of that got stripped away. And so for us to kind of relearn those uh, strategies that we had before yeah. or, or the things that we were doing before that worked for us and get us to a place where we feel, I think we, I think a lot of us are still, and I will be honest, I'm there. A lot of us are still in that uncertainty feeling. We like sat yeah. there for so long we're so that our that body level. just is like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like, I right. don't know how to prepare myself. I don't want to get a, into a consistent schedule because I'm afraid things are going to fall apart again. And I'm getting to that point where I'm like, I got to get that consistency yeah. back in place because that's the only way I know how to function. My mm-hmm. body doesn't know how to function mm-hmm. in uncertainty. And so I did that do well during the pandemic because, you know, we're teaching from basements that had poor lighting. We were dealing the with equipment issues. that, we, oh that should not have been used <laughs> for a live stream. Like we were just dealing with so many thing after thing, after thing, after yep. thing. But I think that's what taught us resiliency mm-hmm. though, too. It taught us a lot of life lessons in regards to, you know, we can adapt really quickly, but now yeah. we, we're at the point where things are slowing down. Like we mm-hmm. got to get back to that consistency and to things that like a structure that works for us and not being so afraid that things are going to fall apart again. Cause yeah. I think we were so on the edge of our seat for so long that there was, there, we are all living in a state of fear for so long. Yeah. And that I think a lot of people's bodies and lives and like, everything just feels very like uneasy. And so I feel like we're finally at that point where we need Mm -hmm. to kind of get it back together so that we can get ourselves back together. And I'll be the first to admit I'm, I'm the first that needs to do that.
0: Well, and I feel like we're just bracing for the next ball to drop, um, which, you know, our bodies are just not meant to live in this chronic state of stress and our nervous systems are just zapped. Um, which is why I think a lot of people have struggled just mentally and physically. We don't feel our best because of that mind body connection, the mind gut connection, our gut is actually impacted by our emotions, which is so crazy because like, like you would just never think that the, those two are so strongly interrelated, but they are. So then we feel worse. You know, we feel bloated. We maybe gained weight. We've maybe just felt like crap. And we don't know why <laughs> using air quotes because we've been living in overdrive. Exactly. So I would agree with that. It has been a serious challenge. Um, but in the middle of all of that, of the last two years in COVID and the pandemic, you have really... Had the opportunity to challenge yourself again, which I just have to pause and say, if there's anyone I know that is always up for a challenge, it's you, whether that is in the gym or in your personal life or in your career, um, it's you and you never back down to a challenge so tell us a little bit about how you became the current clerk of courts for La Crosse County and what the, you know, last year has been like, what is your day-to-day activities in this role and where you're at
1: right now? Um, so my predecessor decided she was going to retire early. And at that point, when I found out that was happening, a few people were saying, would you consider, would you consider you're already working in the course? Yes. I was already uh, a member of the office. I'd been there for a little over five years. I want to say at that point. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for, (laughs) you know, it's. Pretty much the same conversation I had with myself when I was thinking about becoming an an instructor. Like, yeah, am I the right person? Like all those all those things that you ask yourself when you when you doubt yourself, right? So all those questions that you have to kind of internally like sit with. And so, you know, people would reach out to me and be like, "I think you do a great job. I think you do a great job. You'd be a good leader. Like you're already a leader. Like why not? Why don't you try?" And so I think it was maybe the last like possible moment. I was like, I'm gonna try and just see." Like what's the worst that can happen? You know, like I'll just see what happens. And so the interview process had, there was, you know, four of us that interviewed and I think it was 24, 48 hours after I interviewed, I got notification that, you know, I was being scheduled a meeting and I was notified that I was the one that they were selecting. And I think at that point it was like panic (laughs) instantly, like what did I get myself (laughs) into? Like what, what am I doing? Like, am I ready for this challenge? Like, cause I think sometimes we think no matter how old we get, you know, I'll be honest, I'm 41 years old. And I think that sometimes we still see ourselves as our younger self, like mm-hmm. not ready to take yeah. on those challenges and not like our biggest, um, advocate for ourselves. And so I sat on it for a little bit. I, you know, was like excited. And then I think it was like maybe 24 hours later, I was like, you know what? Like, no, I'm ready for this challenge. I've worked really hard to be a leader, to be ready. And it had so many people coming up to me, so excited about me taking over that position that I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready for this. Like, I'm ready to tackle it. Not naive to the fact that it's a big task. Like I had big shoes to fill. Um, and it wasn't going to be easy and I had a lot to learn, but thankfully I had a lot of people that were helping me throughout the process to get me prepared for that position. And I would say it probably took me, um, eight months being in that position, because let's be real, that was during COVID. So we had our first outbreak in our office that I had to deal with not long after taking Mm -hmm. that position. So that was stressful. And then just learning, you know, the, the inner workings of the departments and the inner workings of the office and trying to deal with, you know, all the different people that I had to work with plus people at the counter. And it was a lot to take on at one time, but I think it got to like, I want to say like seven or eight months in. And I was like, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I'm su- helping the public and dealing with staff and leadership and all of those things. Like those are things I'm meant to like, I'm good at it. I'm mm-hmm. good at helping people. I'm good at being an ear. I'm good at calming situations. All of your I'm strengths. At, <laughs> yeah, I have so many things that I bring to the table. And I think it took me a while to finally figure out like, this wasn't because you have those internal conversations. Like, did they make a mistake? Did they calculate Mm incorrectly? Was I really supposed to be the one that they selected? But it got to a point where I was just like, I am the right person. I was the right person Mm -hmm. for this position because I feel like I've been able to navigate through a crazy stressful situation and come out in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I knew like, I, I wanted, I want to be in public service. Yeah. I want to be continuing to do this work that I'm able to do every day. I get to work with some of the most amazing people, like the most amazing people from the sheriff's department to justice support services through to probation, to all these departments in this building, including staff that I work with in the clerk of court's office. And I get to work with them every single day. And I consider myself So blessed to be able to do so some of the hardest working people and some of the people that get little to no accolades for the work that they do, but they are giving their all like Mm -hmm. giving every single day, dealing with the public and just doing it without, you know, without any sort of negativity, they always bring, like, I'm always just so excited to go to the different apartments because I get to work with these people and they're just such good energy. And I'm just so thankful that I'm in the position that I am right now.
0: Yeah. You've really, really grown into the position and the role of leader and like doing such an amazing job. So I can tell that you are passionate about serving the public and our lacrosse community, which with this role also comes the responsibility of election. Yep. So, tell us a little bit about that and then your campaign.
1: Well, so when I first took this position, I think the election part was sort of like in the back of, okay, that's in the back of my mind. Like, I'm not, but what? I'm not. Don't worry about I can't that yet. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, like I got to figure out what I'm doing on a day to day basis. And so, I did make the decision to run for election. And so um, most people know that August 9th there was a primary election. Unfortunately, I came up short 200 votes at that time. Um, and really the day that that happened, or I should say the day after the election, I was sort of at the point where I wasn't quite sure what what that meant for me. I wasn't quite sure if my Um, path was done or if there was something I was going to do from that point. And I am still so humbled about the fact that I, I think that day I probably received 50, if not more messages from different people saying, what are you doing next? What can we do to help? What do we have to do? Where are you going? Like, what is going to be the next thing that you're going to tackle? And so at that point I decided to start a write-in campaign, which um, be clear, like I've gotten a lot of communication from different people that a writing campaign is hard and it's, it never works. And so I think that I'm really trying to prove that different. It's yeah. a very huge task. Um, and I have an amazing crew that's working with me from different departments that are really supporting me and not just supporting me, but like lifting me up and helping me feel less of a burden of running this writing campaign. I don't think I could do it without the people I have behind me because it's hard. Running in a campaign is hard. Like it's hard work, knocking on doors, talking to people, getting your name out there. Like none of it is easy. And if you don't have people supporting you and people like walking beside you, you, there's no way you can do it by yourself. Just no way you can do it by yourself. For sure.
0: And so, what does what does that mean on election day for
1: voters? It means that my name is not on the ballot, and so you have to specifically write my name on the ballot. So, um, that's the hardest part is to get people to accept that they have to do a little bit extra work to get me a vote. And so really we've been, and like I said, I have an amazing group behind me that has been working so hard and the amount of outpouring of support and outreach that we've had in regards to this campaign has been crazy, just crazy. Like I wouldn't have expected it. Just the amount of shares on social media, the amount of outreaches the amount of people reaching out that I haven't spoken to in forever saying, what can I do? Like, can I put a yard sign in my yard? Can I get cards? Can I, who can I talk to? How do I get your name out? And I think it really has shown that if you, and I think this is probably the biggest lesson I learned is that if you ask for help and if you get like other people involved, the outpouring of support is going to be so much bigger than you ever could have imagined because I think to myself that I probably would have handled the election different the first time around and would have utilized a lot more support that was there, but I just didn't realize how much was there.
0: Which what a great life lesson, right? Like ask for help when you need it or just support, you know, even if someone can't do a lot physically or, you know, like, there are, I know people that are like, well, I don't, I don't know how I can help. You know, maybe I don't feel like I have the connections or this or that, but like, there's always something you can do, yeah. even if it's just encouraging you or sharing a post or putting up a yard sign or, you know, telling just your close family and friends about it. There's always something that can be done to help support each other. So you've gone from, um, fitness instructor to clerk of courts. And those are both two very public roles and very much like up in front of the room, literally um, up in front of the entire community putting yourself out there in what I would consider a vulnerable way. Um, So where have you drawn your confidence and leadership from to feel like you could, you could do these things?
1: Well, I mean, like I said, I don't think that I probably would have gotten to the point that I'm at now had I never walked, walked through these doors. Mm -hmm. Like had I never come to Zen and Pau, I think I probably would have lived a little bit more of a quiet life. Um, But I think it's just the skills that I learned and the reminders that we get on a daily basis that you are enough, like wherever Mm -hmm. you're coming, whatever place you're at right now, that is enough to get you through that day. And so I keep reminding myself like, Everything that started this fitness journey, I started from ground zero and I worked my way up, worked my way up, clerk of courts, worked my way up, worked my way up this writing campaign. I'm learning little bits Mm. by bits by bits. And so I think for me, it's like, I have to take those little pieces at a time and build on them to get myself to that point of confidence. And to be honest, it's probably consistently too the people who reach out to me on a consistent basis, who I have impacted. And that mostly happens, I would say from, from the studio for sure. Um, but also in my work too, you know, at, at the office, like different departments reaching out and saying like, you handled this very well. And I, I loved working with you on this or whatever the case may be. Those are things that like, like I said, those are building blocks that kind of create that foundation. And then before you know it, you're like, false well, will see my head. Like, what do I got to do? Like, let's get these things together so that I can start doing something that scares me, which of course, you know, this writing campaign, like you said, it's, I'm putting myself out there. I'm asking for people to support me, but that also in turn could ask for, you know, people to not support me. And so those are things I have to be prepared mm-hmm. for. And I have to be understanding that not everybody is going to be in my corner and that's okay. Right. I'm just saying you know, I'm, this is the place I'm at. I'm I'm asking for support. If you're choosing not to support me, that is okay. But I'm going to keep working my butt off to get to a point where I get enough support to get to that end goal.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's just like anything. Like not everyone's gonna love the class you teach or the music that you pick or the moves that day. And, you know, in an election especially, there's always going to be opposition because that's literally what it is. You know, you're you're asking people to vote for you. Um so having that confidence in yourself that you know what, this is me, this is who I am. I'm gonna show up as authentic to myself as I can and they are going to be people that, you know, just never support me yep. and that's okay. And we all have felt that in our own lives in some way. Um, Yours is just on a, you know, more elevated mm-hmm. scale, yeah. but that's also how you grow. And that's like you said, how you build just a thicker skin and yeah. that sense of resilience. Um, And also I feel like you and I have it in common where we're like, we want to Prove them wrong. We want to be the underdog story of someone who maybe like no one totally underestimated, right? Yeah. Almost their entire life. And then you just continue to prove people wrong, prove people wrong, prove people wrong. And to me, that's what is so inspiring about your story and you know what draws people to you. I just know, even from in the walls of the studio and what inspires people is that, that sense of overcoming and, you know, not taking no as an answer and proving, proving to yourself and to others that, you know, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And that's where your, this should be your campaign slogan. (laughs) You can, should be your campaign slogan. And where did that come from?
1: I don't know. I think it's probably just an internal reminder to myself, like you can keep going, like you can keep doing this. And it just sort of became this thing that's been like my mantra here. Like everybody knows that that's going to come out of my you mouth get... when I'm teaching a class it's inevitably going to happen. And it's auto, like, I don't even think about it. I say it. And then I think to myself, there it is. Mm-hmm. There's that catchphrase. You should again. get
0: like uh voting stickers that say you can
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it's it. Just I think it's really just become a reminder to myself. Like, yeah, you can do anything you put mine to. You can do hard things you can overcome whatever you're dealing with that day like nothing is nothing is too far gone like you right. can always come out on top and you can always get to a place where there's a positive Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the negative. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And like you said, a lot of times, I don't think people in our classes know this, but what we're saying to you is what we're actually saying to ourselves. (laughs) When I say you're not tired, I'm telling myself, you are not tired. Keep going. These people need your energy. (laughs) Um, so, you know, what we say to you, we're saying right back to ourselves. It's just a reminder that, you know, we're human too. Um, So what would you say you are most proud of?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think I'm most proud of myself that I continue to challenge myself, that I have not become stagnant in any capacity. Um, It started really with my fitness journey and challenging myself to become an instructor because I I never would have imagined that my life would end up there. Like never would have imagined I'd be standing in front of a class and I would be choosing to stand in front of a (laughs) class because let's be real. I would hide in the back. Like, where can you put me furthest in the back so nobody could see me? (laughs) Um, And then to stand in front and take ownership of that. And then to put myself out there in this larger capacity. And I've done it throughout my life too. You know, I've been... You know, I've been president of lacrosse ACs. I've been, you know, there's different things that I've done that I've challenged myself and pushed myself outside of, but nothing as big as this, nothing as big as this current situation and choosing to believe enough in myself and know what I'm capable of to continue fighting forward, you know, and that I'm, I'm really where I'm supposed to be. And I just have this feeling that I am where I'm supposed to be that even if it doesn't turn out the way I expect it to, there's a lesson in all of this. And there are skills that I'm learning in all of this that are going to Propel me forward to the next
0: thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can just see things as stepping stones too. And like you said, how you've just taken little bits and pieces and, and then that you continue to build and build and build and grow. Um, and and eventually you're you're going to be taken to that place where you're living in your strengths, which feels yeah. really good, um, which is what you're doing right now. So um because you've been in so many like leadership roles too, what would you say inspires you to want to take on leadership? Because let's be real, leadership can be very lonely. It can be very overwhelming and very scary, um, to have everyone looking to you. So what, why are you, um, drawn to leadership roles?
1: Well, I think I just, I want people to feel as supported as possible. Like I want people to feel that they have somebody that's looking out for them, that somebody is gonna go to bat for them regardless of the situation. And so I really thrive on those situations where somebody needs help and assistance and somebody needs a like somebody to look up to and somebody to reach out to in a positive way that's going, they know is going to be in their corner and they know is not going to let them down. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's those situations where I have a place coming to me with issues and I can really sit down and drill down to what the actual issue is and find a solution. And those are the things that are like, we talked about building blocks, like those situations continue to give me that confidence that leadership is where I'm supposed to be, regardless of anything else that happens, like I need to continue to be in a place where I am in a leadership role because I feel like it's where my skills are best um, utilized. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And it's
0: also one of those things that like when you can, again, live in your strengths, you know that you um, can show up no matter what is happening around you and drill it down to the actual problem, get a solution. And what I would say is one of the biggest Um, I don't know, core value is the right word, but one of the things that words that come to mind when I think of you is just, um, consistency and reliability and loyalty and integrity. (laughs) And I can say more, but, um, just knowing that you are going to be there, you're very reliable. You have such a strong sense of loyalty, whether it's to the Zen and Powell community or to the larger lacrosse community. You've been born and raised here. It's your home. Um, and you have so much integrity and and you are, you always are going to show up real as you are um, and, and do your best in whatever capacity it is. So with all of that said, what is next for you?
1: Oh, boy. I know it's it's hard hard to to say right now. (laughs) Yeah, so right now it's a little hard to say. I need to get through this election first. And so I think, um, you know, just talking to as many people as I possibly can in the next month and really just working as hard as I can, continuing this momentum that we built. I I will be honest, I'm I'm humbled by the amount of outreach that we've received already in regards to this this campaign. I don't think, I think a lot of people, like you said, I always want to prove people wrong. I don't think people expected the amount of outreach Mm -hmm. that we've had so far. Um, And that really is a testament to the entire team that I have behind me that is really, uh, we keep saying it fighting the good fight. Like we're yes, really, just, I love that. um, we're just really trying to get the word out as to, and as to why, you know, I need to continue being the clerk of court for La Crosse County. And so, um, that's the first goal. And then depending upon how that goes, then, you know, I'll, I'll find the right place for myself. If this isn't where I continue, um, I know I'll find the right place where my feet will land on the ground and I will be fine regardless but mm-hmm. um it's just really right now my my gut says like this is where I'm supposed to be and I need to continue working with the people of across county and so I'm going to keep just fighting I'm just going to keep yeah. moving forward in a positive way and hope that it works out the way that we want it to and uh that you know my desire to serve this community in a positive way has the reach that I hope it can reach, it can have. And, and really I consistently think about like, you know, people have said like, why would you, why would you continue fight? Like, why would you, um, put that much stress on yourself? Why would I think about my nieces and I think mm-hmm. about my nephew and like, I want to show to them, like, there are hard choices that you need to make in this world. And that it's okay to believe enough in yourself to make those hard choices, even if it doesn't turn out the way that you hope it's going to turn out. But you gave it your all and you tried and you showed up and you believed enough in yourself. And I want to show them that they, they can do those things. Mm -hmm. Like they can push themselves and they can believe enough in themselves. And I want to instill those, those values in them to see them, you know, push themselves farther than, than, you know, we would originally think that we would be able to push ourselves. And so that's why I keep pushing forward. You know, I keep thinking about, the people that I'm impacting the employees that are in my department, that Mm -hmm. this is their first real job. And like, they're looking to me as a leader and hoping that I stay and I'm consistent in this position because they feel like I'm the right person to lead them. And so I keep fighting for those people. I keep fighting for the people that I know I can help impact in a positive way.
0: Well, yes. And, and your inspiration extends far beyond, you know, your inner circle to, our circle here, our tribe here at Zen and Powell, I know everyone else sees that as well and the larger community and, and you're not going to go down without fighting. And at yeah. least regardless of the outcome, you can say, you know what, I gave it my all. I did everything I possibly could. And, you know, sometimes when things just don't work out the way we want, it's because they're not supposed to. Right. So if you can have that unshakable faith that you know, God, universe, whatever you believe is going to guide me exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, you're going to learn so much from this campaign regardless, right. Um, which you already have. Yeah, <laughs> And those Some are skills that you would never gain if you didn't, you know, attempt to do the write-in campaign and, and just learning all what a, all of
1: that entails. So the irony of this situation is I think about, um, in college I graduated from the University of Wisconsin lacrosse, so I do have a bachelor's degree, um, not that that necessarily means anything in regards to this position, but I did graduate from there, and I think about my um, one of my instructors. I, I had planned to go to law school at one point and my instructor was like, she's never going to make it at law school. She's too kind. She's too nice. <laughs> and so my advisor says to me, well, maybe law school is not right for you, but you're going to run for election one day. And I went, you are insane. <laughs> like, if you think that I'm going to run for And so I think about how I my life that. is kind of comfortable. Yeah. So, actually I ended up calling that professor and be like, can you believe that your prophecy back in like 2002 came true because at the point I looked at him and I was like, you are literally insane. (laughs) There's no way that it's going to happen. And I think it's just, I've worked on myself so much throughout that process that I came to, finally see myself in the way that he saw me back mm-hmm. in 2002 yeah. like the skills that he saw in me and the abilities he saw in me because I just wasn't ready to see them right and so I think it's it, we had an interesting conversation I just talked to him not that long ago that he was like I can't even believe I you know predicted, predicted that. that and <laughs> threw that out into the world And so he's what like what else do you predict <laughs> I, I'm like, well, I mean I, I now it's all <laughs> coming true because here we yeah. are and so I just I think it's interesting that like you may hear things throughout your life that you're like, no, that's not true, but yeah. just keep them in your, the back of your brain and keep thinking about them and think like, if somebody sees that in me, what do I need to get to a point where I can see that in myself?
0: That is so good, Kelly. So good. I never, I didn't know that. I love that. What a great story. Yeah. yeah. So you just, you can know that what other people, sometimes it takes other people, believing in us before we believe in ourselves. 100%. Right. Like I knew that you could be an instructor and you could do these (laughs) things. And I'm always excited to build up other people. I mean, that's why we do what we do here. Um, But yeah, it really does take believing um, sometimes just that encouraging words from someone else before you really start to integrate them into your own psyche and your own mind and, and the power of belief in yourself and what that means. And um, I think that's also, you know, why we love what we do here at the studio is like, we're constantly pouring those positive thoughts back into other people that maybe came from a similar situation where they, they just didn't feel like they could work out or, you know, they would feel embarrassed or they weren't right. fit enough or whatever that is, that thought it's in our head that maybe has been in there for so long. You can always change your thoughts yep. and you are yep. not, you are not your thoughts. No. And so that means
1: that, you know, you have the power to shift them and change them. And maybe it means you have to sit on those thoughts for a while before you can even feel comfortable saying them out loud or feel like they even have any weight for you. So, yeah. you know, that was 2002 and we're in 2022 and 20 so, years so later, 20 years <laughs> later, like it took me, it took me a lot of growth and a lot of learning to get to a place where I could feel like, sure. Yes, that is a hundred percent. You are true but it sometimes takes us a while to get to the point where we can see in ourselves what others see in us. And, um, I constantly feel that way here too, you know, like at the studio. So, you know, though there may be somebody who comes in that's having a bad day and does not see themselves the way that I see them. And so mm-hmm. I constantly try to be that reassurance, like you're here. That is the mm-hmm. hardest thing that you've done today. And so whether you, like you said, lay on the mat for 45 minutes or you give it your all for 45 minutes, you've done the hard work already. And so you got to give yourself credit for that. And it's just those little things start to add up over time. And I think that's what got me to the place where that, you know, intuition that he had about me, I started to have about me. So love it.
0: So I'm curious, what is next for you personally outside of career what 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 do you want to check off? What's on your <laughs> life? A vacation. I know, I'm like, girl, you need a vacay. I mean, I do I too. Mean, we could go on a, yeah, trip let's together. Let's take
1: a trip together. I, you know, I keep thinking to myself, like, I want to, I I want to go on a vacation, but I want to go on a vacation that means something, right? Yeah. Like I want to go something someplace where I can learn something, whether that means like snorkeling or <laughs> it doesn't mean heights, because let's be real, your girl does not do heights. No mountain hiking. Um, but, something that like challenges me but also like you want to be challenged on vacation. <laughs> I mean like something that is outside my comfort something different. Zone, yeah. Because I feel like I I continuously push myself, push myself and I feel like I'm at a place where, you know, I'm ready. For, Maybe I need to go to Ireland. I keep joking around that I need to go to Ireland and make myself an Irishman. Ooh, I like that idea. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Other than that I, I, that, I do sometimes think about going back to this school, and it really has nothing to do Like even <laughs> if this situation works out the way that I hope, I'm the person that constantly wants to, and just like you, you, like I constantly, I want to keep going. Like I never want to be the person that's stagnant, right? Like I never, it's never going to be status quo for me. And people think I'm nuts and people think I'm crazy. I mean, I think there was one point where I was teaching nine classes and working Mm -hmm. full time and people were like, what are you, that's insane. You don't need to do that. And I do those things because I like the challenge. Like I like that next, like, I like that next sense of accomplishment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe getting my master's degree is what's next for me or maybe law school. I don't know. We'll see. I yeah. Know. I
0: could see you even teaching.
1: at like professor love level. that. I, <laughs> I honestly think you would, would be so that. good at
0: that. I mean, you already yeah. have the experience of instructing, teaching, being in front of a class and to be able to teach a lot of what you've learned working yep. within the court systems, I think would be so cool. So I love it. My last question and final question, which I love asking what drives your soul today and what do you get up for each morning?
1: What drives my soul today? Um, that's a good question. What drives my, I think just learning and growing, like that's, what's going to make me feel like I've, I've accomplished something in the day. Like challenge myself to learn something new, to continue growing. Um, what also feeds my soul is hanging out with my nieces yes. and like just the energy that they bring me. Um, uh, just, you can't, nothing can beat that. Like they are just the most pure people. And I just, I, I adore them. And so hang out with them and, you know, my family is, something that definitely inspires me and what gets me up in the morning, uh, this job, like just the (laughs) ability to like impact others. And, you know, some days may be harder than others, but I am so humbled. And so I feel so blessed in the ability to work with not only at the studio, the most amazing people, we have a great team here as well as um, participants that come to the studio, but at work I get to work with some amazing people and I think like just the amount of people that I get to expose myself to in a day that make me feel as supported as I possibly can feel and like that we're working as a team and so that to me is the thing that gets me going in the morning.
0: Love it. Long-term impact too, you know, when you can impact as many people as possible um, and you never truly know the impact that you yeah. make on people's lives. So, while well, this has been wonderful. I always enjoy our chats. So it was super fun to do it over podcast um, and be able to share your story with our members and the surrounding community. Tell us where to um, find you online, so that and and or how we can support you for the campaign in November.
1: Kellyguyette.com. So that's K-E-L-L-Y-G-O-Y-E-T-T-E dot com. Um, that is my website. So you can check there for information. Um, I also have a Facebook page. It's right in Kelly Guyette for clerk of court. So check me out there. I'm on Facebook as well. Kelly Guyette, seek me out. It's G O Y E T T in case you're looking for me. Um, and how you can support my campaign, just reach out to our team. And if there's anything that, um, we have that we need done, like knocking on doors or talking to people, or if you have people, we have little cards that show you how to vote, which are amazing because they're super helpful. They're super small and they can fill it in your wallet and you can take them right with you to the, um, polls. So that's amazing. So, um, reach out to us if you want some of those. Um, yeah. And,
0: or share this podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would
1: love to have people share this podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining today as Kelly. always. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I, we could probably talk for nine hours, but
0: we could, <laughs> we'll cut it short today. All right. So go follow Kelly and make sure to vote for her on November 8th. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of soul driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.